This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Glory to God. I love living in the desert, but I don't like desert heat. Amen. I'm glad. That, I'm glad. I'm glad. It's like it's like the seasons of life. There's different seasons. You know, there's sometimes we go through seasons of life where it gets pretty hot, it seems, and we don't like it. And then we know that uh, fall time's coming. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. That makes it a whole lot better to know that. You know, we tell people that uh, visitors and people we know back in the Midwest where we came from that out here it might get hot for a couple months, maybe three months, but the rest of the time is really good, pleasant, and nice place to live. But anyway. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. This is coming to pass. Amen, amen, amen. Let's pray over the word. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your holy written word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've given us to teach us the word. Lord, I want to thank you that every born-again believer has the Spirit of God in them. And because the Holy Spirit inspired the men to put the words in the Bible... Would you use somebody like myself to teach the Bible? The same teacher that inspired it is the same teacher that lives in me and lives in all the believers. So as we share the Word of God tonight, thank you, sincerely thank you, that your people are going to see something they never saw before, so they receive like they've never received before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, why many Christians fail to receive healing from God. Why many Christians fail to receive healing from God. And, uh, you, well, you don't, Hosea 4, 6 be hard for you to find, but I'll just quote it start off with. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so, uh, he's talking about lack of Bible knowledge. There's no lack of knowledge in the world today. You can Google everything. Uh, any sickness, any disease that comes to your family, you can Google it and you can find out all the horrible things about that disease. But you're not going to find the answers how to get rid of it unless you read the Bible. Bible knowledge is where you're going to get the answers that you need. But I'll look at some more verses in just a minute. I want to show you some things out of the bookstore. We have a lot of good resources that have a lot of knowledge from the Bible in them. And uh, Reverend Kenneth Hagin's in heaven now, but he was my favorite Bible teacher of all times. For teaching healing. He influenced me more than anybody ever did. And my ministry is very similar to Brother Hagin's because he was my primary mentor for lots and lots and lots and lots of years. And I loved it when he laid hands on me. I loved it when I got to sit uh, in services with him. And he really, really, really influenced my life and part a lot into me. And his books are so simple. And so this was called God's Medicine. And that's based upon the scriptures, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, says that when you get God's medicine in your heart and in your mouth, it'll bring healing to all your flesh, to all your physical body. The Word of God is medicine. It's medicine. And then this is another good one by him called Redeemed from Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. We are redeemed. That's from Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, 14, 29. But anyway... We are redeemed. Sickness, all sickness, all disease is a curse. And Jesus redeemed us from it. And these, these books will teach you things like I'm going to teach tonight from the Word of God that will help you to see that and get a hold of it. And then here's another really good one called Hear and Be Healed. Hear and Be Healed. And that's a couple passages out of the Gospel of Luke. 
that uh, talks about that very subject. And that's like tonight. Faith cometh, Romans 10, 17, by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, but uh, faith, faith is like gas in your gas tank. Just because you got gas in your tank, you're not going anywhere. You got to know how to start the car. You got to know how to steer the car. And really, it's a good thing to have a destination for the car to take you to and not just drive around in circles till you run out of gas. And so here and be healed shows you how to act on what you hear. Because there's a lot of Christians have a lot of faith, but they don't know how to put it in gear. So we're going to talk about some things that I believe is going to help you. But those are in the bookstore back there, by the way. We're going to have the bookstore... Uh, Set back up in a really good shape by the time Sunday comes. We just, for new people, we just recarpeted this whole thing. It had to take everything apart and take it out. Just got it back in her, but our little bookstore's over there right now. But as of Sunday, it'll be back over here and it'll be able to really find some things good. But anyway, I want you to turn to now to Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Jeremiah, Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 15. And right now, that first scripture I gave you, Hosea 4, 6, that's kind of hard to find. And I didn't want you to be digging around through there and miss some other things we were saying. But Hosea 4, 6 says that God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that's talking about lack of Bible knowledge, not lack of world knowledge. I mean, the people today are very worldly knowledge. You know, I, I think I think it's terrible. No, oh, I can't get on bunny trails. We're short on time on Wednesday night. I think it's terrible that Christians have been deceived in the search of the Internet about sickness and diseases. They get so much fear put in them by what they read and no faith, all fear. You know, if you've got the disease, let me just put it this way. If you've got the disease, you already know what you've got. You need healing. So you need to search healing, not search disease. You need to research healing. And the only way you're going to research healing is from God's textbook. Amen. God's textbook, the Bible, is God's book on healing. And so you need to research the healing book and things on that. You know, it's just like, just like a problem. If you've, if you've had a serious problem in math, you've been trying to work out, and you've worked and worked and worked at that, maybe you figured everything like that, and you finally got the answer, why would you want to go back the next day and keep on studying the problem again and try to figure out the answer? You already worked it out. You got it. So just focus on the answer. Don't go back and keep trying to go over the problem again. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, says this. And I will give you pastors, according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so God's given you a textbook full of his knowledge. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people that... Uh, that go to college online and do all kinds of stuff. They do a lot of research and study themselves. But the best way they really get it is when somebody that's an expert in it begins to explain to them what it is they're studying. And for myself, for over 37 years, I've majored, I've majored on faith and healing. I taught healing school for years and years and years and years and years back in Indiana. I helped a lot of people receive a lot of miracles, come off of deathbeds, and receive a lot of things. And in the healing school, I had two purposes for healing school. And really those things, they've always stayed with me whenever I teach healing. My number one purpose in teaching healing is teaching people that need to receive healing 
how to receive healing based upon the Word of God. To take them through the Scriptures like I'm doing tonight and show them what the Bible has to say. That's my number one purpose. And then for others that's in the classroom or that's in a service is to teach them how to go teach others and take healing to others. There's a lot of good Christians in a lot of churches where the pastors don't teach healing because they never learned it. They don't know it. But Christians that learn about healing can teach other Christians from the Bible what belongs to them. Not to pull them out of their church, but to teach them how to be healed because God's children, God's children need healed. And God wants them healed. And so anyway, it says that pastors will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so Jesus has gifted and called and sent men and women with his anointing to teach willing people how to receive healing from God. To teach willing people how to receive healing from God. And I think about, turn to Hebrews chapter 13, but I think about as a pastor today, compared to when I first started pastoring in the early 90s, and I actually was preaching a whole lot of years, probably 10, 11 years before I ever started pastoring. But in the times we live in, I see a whole lot more young people that are sick today than there were 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Back when I used to teach healing and healing school, we had a few young people would come, but most of it was older people. Mostly it was older people need healed, but today it's such a sad, 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 sad thing. I see so many young people have sicknesses, have diseases, and there's no cure, or they can't afford the medicine or the treatments, or they can't get in to see the specialist, the doctor that has the answer what they need. God's Word always has the answer. And so this is for young people, old people, anybody. Anybody dealing with sickness or disease. Or if you know somebody in your family, you need to learn these things. You need to know these things. And, you know, the Lord told me something right before, right at worship. I had to write this down because I thought it was really good to help you understand what my point is tonight. My number one point tonight is to show you from the Word of God beyond any shadow of a doubt, that healing belongs to you. Whether you brought something on your own life because you got into things you shouldn't have because sin will open the door of the devil. Or whether you did something to hurt your own body because of things you've done. Or whether you just got sick because you were born that way or something happened. It doesn't make any difference. Jesus loves you. He wants you healed. And so my purpose now is to teach you that healing belongs to you and God wants you to have it. But here's what I saw. Most people that go to a church like ours know that you can receive healing through laying on of hands, right? Everybody knows laying on of hands. That's the primary way that we, most of the time in a church, we minister healing people. We lay hands on them. But also you come up and you can ask the elders to anoint you of all. And to pray the, pray the prayer of faith over you. Or sometimes the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the gifts of the Spirit. God will call somebody out and have the preacher call somebody out and say, there's somebody in here that's having trouble with a certain area of their body or somebody has such and such. Come up here. God wants to heal you. That's the gifts of the Spirit. Or sometimes just sitting at a church services where they teach healing, faith begins to grow in your heart to where you grab a hold of it and you're able to pray and you're able to get it yourself. The bottom line is God has many ways to deliver healing to you. 
It's all the same result. It's yours. And he told it to me like this to help you understand it. For your favorite grocery store or your Walmart or wherever it is you shop at, they got a lot of goods in there. The goods come many different ways. They come by rail. They come by truck. They come by ship. Lots of ways to deliver the goods. The main thing is you want to get the goods. And I think about uh, my daughter's lived in Alaska. She That's where she lives now. She's living in Hawaii. And I found out that the goods cost more in Hawaii and Alaska because the only way you get goods to Walmart or the grocery store in Hawaii and Alaska is by ship. A little harder to get them there, but it's the same things we buy here on the mainland. We get the same thing, but different vessels deliver them. And so for us, what difference does it make if somebody lays hands on you and you get healed? Or if a preacher calls you out and says, somebody here is having trouble hearing, you're having hearing problems, come up here. Or says, there's a woman out here, maybe more than one, that you've had something that they've they found on your breast and God wants to heal you. And the preacher calls you out. Or a servant's priest that says, now call for the elders of the church and we're going to anoint you for all the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith is going to heal you. What difference does it make? What method God used to get it to you as long as you received it? Amen. And so I said that to say this. Laying on of hands is one way to receive healing, but not the only way. Laying on of hands is only one way, but not the only way. You can receive healing just by hearing the Word of God and acting on the Word of God. And so the purpose tonight is to teach you that it belongs to you because all those different ways that I talked about to receive healing, if you reject it, you know, it's just like UPS shows up at your house. Did UPS ever come to your house or FedEx or any of the delivery trucks ever come there? Well, if somebody comes and tries to service up to you and you refuse to sign for it, then you're not going to get it. You say, I don't recognize this. I don't want this. I was told I don't, I don't ever sign for anything I didn't order. Well, that might have been a great, wonderful package. Some loved one, some relative, some friend said, man, I've heard they need this. I'm going to send this to them. And you reject it. You say, no, I don't want it. Sad to say, but there's Christians that reject what God has for them because they say, no, no, no. I can't get it that way. No, there's only one way. There's only one way I'm going to receive this. No, God has many ways. And Christians too many times reject what he has. They go on sick. Okay, Hebrews chapter 13, we'll look at a couple verses setting you up for receiving. Verse 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you. And that rule there doesn't mean dictators. That means spiritual leaders that have the guide over you, that are gifted of God to lead you into the good things of God. People that are, 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 are anointed by God, gifted by God, to show you which way to go to follow the Christian path. Remember them which have the rule or the lead over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God. Well, does it sound to you like he's talking about pastors? He's talking about pastors and Bible teachers. He says, remember them which have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. That means look at their lives. Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit. He said a good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. So Jesus said, look at those people that feed you the word of God, 
It says consider there to their conversation. The conversation doesn't mean talk. It means their lifestyle, how they live. Look at, look at how they live. I like to say it this way. Judge my fruit. If you like my fruit, listen to what I say. That's what he said. Preachers live in glass, glass houses. God didn't put us on a pedestal. God put us in a very serious position. That's a dangerous position if you're a cheating preacher, if you're a deceiving preacher. I want you to look at verse 17. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you. Same word, that means the lead, the spiritual guides over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Obey them. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. As they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And so real Jesus pastors take their calling very seriously. We want to help the sheep. God's children to enjoy God's best. I want to give you a couple of verses to write down. John 10, verse 10. Write these verses down. I'm not going to look at them right now. John 10, verse 10, and 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Not the Gospel of John, but right at the end of the Bible, there's 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Write down 3 John 2. Real Jesus pastors want you to benefit from John 10, 10. Part B says, I came that they'd have life and that more abundantly. The Amplified Bible says, I came for my people to have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, till it overflows. He said, that's my purpose. What did Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 say? It says, I put pastors in the church to feed you with knowledge and understanding. So I'm giving you some knowledge right there. From the mouth of Jesus, Jesus said he wants you to enjoy life. You don't enjoy life if you're always doped up and medicated up, even with its legal drugs. You never enjoy life if you've always got to fight the side effects. Anybody ever watch TV where they tell you about some wonder drug? They tell you about the wonder drug for 15 seconds and you got 45 seconds of all the stuff it could do to you? Amen. Doesn't that make you wonder? Amen. At 3 John 2, he said, Beloved... Above all things, I want you to prosper and to be in health. And to be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Where your soul is talking about your spiritual life. It's talking about your mind and your thinking getting changed to think like God thinks. And he said your health is going to be equal to your knowledge of God's word. And what you see, what God says to you. And that health there, let me tell you a couple things about health. You know, when you teach healing school for a lot of years... Like I've done for a lot of years, and I'll teach it just basically in here what God has me to. You learn a lot of things, and you know, it's just like uh, a mechanic or a computer person, anybody else. When somebody does something every day, all their life, that's what they do. They make it look easy. And when they're talking to you, they say things in terms that they're used to saying because that's the world they live in, but they're over your heads. Well, see, that's the same thing with a Bible teacher if he doesn't watch it. Because there's so many things that somebody like me knows that I want to make sure I make it simple enough that I get it so that you could get a hold of at least part of it to retain something to help you to be healed. Well, in 3 John 2, when he said, prosper and be in health, that health has two connotations to it. Number one, God wants us as believers to live in divine health. That's God's best is divine health. 
What does divine health mean? You just don't get sick. That just means God wants you to live in divine health. And that's possible to do. And then number two, the number two part of that word means divine healing. If you do get sick, he wants you to receive healing. So number one, he doesn't want you sick. But if you get sick, he's not going to, he's not going to beat you up. He's going to show you how to get healed. And so God wants you healed. God wants you healthy. God wants you to live a good, live a good life where you enjoy life. That's what God wants. That's my purpose tonight as a Bible teacher, as a pastor that loves you, to show you from the Word of God that it's absolutely, no shadow of a doubt, God's will for you to be healed. It's God's will for your baby to be healed. It's God's will for your mom to be healed. Now, we're not on the area of the, of the negative side, but sin is a blessing blocker. Disobedience is a blessing blocker. There are things you can do to stop the flow of healing, but if you're a Christian living for Jesus, you've got a good heart, you're not practicing sin willfully, and when you do mess up in life, you're willing to say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I blew it, please forgive me, help me get it together, etc., etc. If you're just a normal, everyday Christian, Jesus is going to show you how to receive his healing and if you know you're doing things you shouldn't do, it's real simple. It's called repent. You stop. You talk to Jesus. You say, Lord, forgive me. I want well. And he'll get it to you. Amen? Amen. And so he tells us that he sent Bible teachers in the church to teach us some things. Now, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 29 and verse 30. And... I look at these verses, basically, the first Sunday of every month when we have communion in the church. But this is New Testament instructions on how to receive communion. And the passage actually starts at verse 23. But for what we're teaching tonight, there's just a couple things you need to see. Verse 29, he says this. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, that's talking about receiving the communion elements, eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment to himself. Now look at this. You might want to circle this or put yellow through it or at least write it down in your notes. Not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. Now the word discern means to see. Means to see. And then, you know, another thing that, uh, I'm not going to go down both these roads, but discerning the Lord's body that also has two flavors to it. We're going to look at part number one tonight. That's looking at his body, what happened on the cross, what happened at Calvary. How many know that back when Jesus was on the earth, there was only one body of Christ, his physical body that he lived in was Christ's body? Well, then the New Testament teaches us, after Jesus was raised from the dead and went up to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit down, so that anybody anywhere can call upon the name of the Lord and receive eternal salvation, born again. Then he calls the family of God the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12 specifically says, uh, Are you all an eye? Is everybody an ear? Is everybody a hand? Is everybody a foot? It says we're all different parts of the body. And so right now, as I'm looking out here, I'm seeing the spiritual body of Christ. If I'm watching television and there's a TV church on there, somebody's got their church on TV, I've seen parts of the body of Christ. We need to see that the body of Christ is very serious to Jesus. 
And we need to treat the body of Christ right. If they're called non-denominational, called Baptist, called Methodist, called Pentecostal, whatever they're called, doesn't make any difference. They're the body of Christ, and we need to treat God's people, no matter who they are, like they're Jesus. We need to love God's people. So he said that uh, people need to know how to see the body of Christ. But tonight we're going to look about the, at the body of Christ that Jesus lived in on the earth. And then I want you to notice verse 30, why this is so important. Okay, he says, not seeing the body of Christ, the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Or many die before the time, die prematurely. And I want you to notice, he said, many are weak and sickly among you. He did not say, this is why many people in the unsaved world are weak and sickly. There's a difference. There's a different reason why people don't know God are sick and why God's people are sick. There's a difference. We're going to see that in the Word of God tonight. Now, I want you to notice that. I want you to look at that real close. He said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. The unsaved world's not among us. You know, we want people to come to church and get saved, but they get saved out there. It's the best place to get saved wherever you are. Jesus is everywhere. But for the most part, in a church, you have Christians. And he said, for this cause, a few, no. He said, many. And so, I'm not taking the Bible out of context, but I can tell you why many Christians are weak and sickly, and die before their times. Why can I tell you that? Because I read my Bible. He said, because they don't discern the Lord's body. For that reason, he said, many among you are weak and sickly. And what we're going to look at tonight, I can testify you from 37 years of teaching this, from pastoring for the majority of that time and working with people, the truth that's in that verse. Many are weak and sickly because they don't see. And we're going to look at that in the Word of God, the Lord's body, and why that's so important to see the Lord's body concerning your healing. My people, he said, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He said, I'll give you pastors with my heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to teach you the Bible tonight. Got a few minutes left. But I'm going to show you why it's God's will for you to be healed. Now, the method you receive it by, that's between you and God. You get hands laid on you, or you can begin to confess the Word of God that we see and get it. But the main thing is, if you don't know beyond any shadow of a doubt it's the will of God for you to be healed, you might reject it when it comes your way. You might turn it down and say, hey, take that away from me. I didn't order that. No, God wants you healed. And so, we're going to see some things now, starting in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, that's going to show you, beyond any shadow of a doubt, why it's so important for you to see the Lord's body and what took place 2,000 years ago for you to be healed. And I think some verses that you've heard before are going to come alive to you tonight. Matthew 27, verse 26 Matthew 27, verse 26, Jesus was on the way to the cross, and Pilate, verse 24, Jesus tells you that Pilate tried to stop the proceedings, but the Jews wanted him killed, 
And so anyway, verse 26 says, Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. When he had scourged Jesus. That is one of the most important verses, phrases in the whole Bible for your healing right there. I'm going to show you why. That's something that we always major on at Easter time about the cross. And the, uh, Mel Brooks came out several years ago at that movie, The Passion of the Christ. And he showed you that. But I want to show you this here. Was that his name? Mel Gibson. I don't watch. I don't know their names. I was doing Mel. Whatever his name was. But anyway, scourge. And, and the Greek says, my center column, scourge means to be flogged with a scourge. To be flogged with a scourge. Now, you saw it in that movie, but I'm going to read you this. I'm going to read you this from a Bible study book that tells you Roman history and what that scourge was. A scourge was a Roman implement for severe bodily punishment. It consisted of a handle with about a dozen leather cords with jagged pieces of bone or metal at each end to make the blow more painful and effective. And we're talking about your healing. We're going to see some things in the Bible that you've got to see. You've got to see what happened to the Lord's body. You've got to know tonight that Jesus wants you healed more than you want it. You don't have to beg God for healing. You don't have to pay for your healing. You, have, you don't have to do penance for your healing. Healing is God's will. You're going to see that. And so these pieces of bone are metal each end to make the blow more painful and effective. The victim was tied to a post, and the blows were applied to the bare back and loins, and sometimes to the face and bowels. The flesh was cut in several pieces by each blow. So hideous was the punishment that the victim often faded, and some died under it. It was designed to get confessions and secrets from its victims, but what could, what could they get from an innocent, sinless person? Flogging was permitted by the law up to 40 stripes. Jews reduced this to 39 stripes. So if the scourge used on Jesus had 12 thongs and he was hit even 39 times, this would make 468 stripes. If some struck in the same place and cut deeper each time, one can see how his body, because of the intense hatred back of each blow, was marred more than any other man's. That's from Isaiah 52. But that scourging that took place right there is just one little sentence. But you've got to understand, back in Bible days when this was written, those people knew exactly what was going on. It was a regular thing they saw all the time. They saw those people beat like that all the time. And so when they saw this back then that says Jesus was scourged, you'd have to read these other things. I just read. They knew exactly what happened. They knew that on the way to the cross, the cross was horrible. But they didn't even live to make it to the cross. That was a miracle right there that he made it to the cross. And so that wasn't just something that happened by accident that beating Jesus took. He was scourged for your healing. Now I want you to go back to Isaiah. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 53. And this is 750 years before Calvary. What am I doing? I'm showing you from the Word of God that God pre-planned your healing. God pre-planned the punishment for your sins. And God pre-planned healing for people 
that are sick because, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that sin and sickness have the same spiritual father. It's called Satan. Sin and sickness came in through the devil in the Garden of Eden. Jesus brought healing and redemption and forgiveness at Calvary. And so Isaiah 53, verse 4 and verse 5, and this is the prophet Isaiah looking into the spirit world 750 years in advance, and it says this, Surely he hath borne our griefs, that means sickness, as you see in the center column, it tells you the Hebrew. Surely hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains and diseases. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. You remember when they struck Jesus? They said, prophesy to his prophet, who hit you? Who hit you? The prophet saw that coming 750 years before it happened, Jesus getting beaten. And it says, but he was wounded. That's what happened on his back. The body of Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. When he was hit, he was bruised. He was battered. He was torn up. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, the scourge put those stripes, those wounds on his physical body. With his stripes, we are healed. God called that done 750 years in advance. He said he's going to give up his soul for their sins. He's going to give up his flesh for their healing. With his stripes, we are healed. And the Hebrew, my center cop says, those stripes mean blows that cut in. Blows that cut in. And that's exactly what the Roman scourging did. Now look over at chapter 50, verse 6. This is so important to see this. I want to say it again. The goal tonight is to show you the goods belong to you. However, they're transported. You have your receiving. What difference does it make? If you live in Alaska or Hawaii and what you need to live comes on a ship, do you care if it came there on a ship? Or if you live in California, you came by train and got on a truck and got to your store. Main thing is you got it. And so don't put God in a box how you receive. Just know he wants you to receive. It belongs to you. Isaiah 50, verse 6. Now this is prophesied. Of Jesus talking about what he did for you. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. And so Jesus says, I willingly give my body to be beaten for you. He said, I willingly give my body to be beaten because I'm going to know a man named Dylan one day and Dylan's going to need heal to cancer and I'm giving my back for those stripes so that Dylan can receive cancer. Dylan just got healed from some very, very serious cancer with a lot of treatments, but if God wasn't in it, he wouldn't have come out of it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Pastor David Jeremiah Sample sat on the front row when he was three and a half years old. He had leukemia, and he was a little cripple. Jesus raised him up off that bed right there in the hospital while the doctor looked at him. I was right there and saw it happen the same time the doctor did. Spirit of God picked him up off the bed, threw his little feet on the floor. He started walking. Then they checked his blood. He was cancer-free. Had treatment. He'd just been diagnosed two weeks before. And they couldn't figure out any of what was going on, but Jesus picked him up. I always thought he jumped up, 
And he told me, like, I don't know, but how many years later was that? 10, 15 years? Long time. Well, at least, at least 15 years, I'd say. That he told me one day, he said, Dad, you keep on telling people. I jumped up and started dancing. He said, I never told you I didn't jump up and start dancing. He said, something picked me up and threw me down and made my feet move. I want to tell you, that was purchased for him 2,000 years ago at Calvary. When Jesus got those stripes on his back, he said, I see David Jeremiah samples. He's going to need this. I'm doing this for David. Amen. I'm telling you, for you, for your family, the number one thing you've got to get, Jesus did this for you. You don't have to beg him anymore. Somebody said, well, I've been begging him for years. Quit begging him. Read the Bible and say, Jesus, thank you. You did that for me. Thank you. You did that for me. It says, with his stripes, we are healed. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And I want you to look at verse 16 and verse 17. And I want to say this again. I'm a Bible teacher. I don't twist the Bible. I read the Bible. And I'm a pastor of Fiji of knowledge and understanding. I'm not the one that wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29 and verse 30. I read to you what God said. God said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly in the church. He said, many are weak and sickly. It said, many die before their time in the church. I'll say it again. There's a different reason. Unsaved people and sinners, people that don't walk with God, while they die, they get sick. They don't have a covenant yet. The covenant is the Bible, especially the New Testament. That's our covenant. We have covenant rights. If you will, we have a contract that belongs to us. We have a covenant. They don't have a covenant yet. We are supposed to live the covenant, tell them about the covenant, preach the gospel to them, let them know they can step out of darkness and light. Then all of a sudden, they have a right to jump into what we've got. But Christians have to get it first. You have to know it. Matthew 8, verse 16, 17. Matthew said this. When the evening was come, it brought unto him many that were possessed with demons. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. And now he's going to quote from Isaiah 53. We just read it. Now he's going to quote it. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. See, when Isaiah spoke, it was a prophecy. But when Jesus lived it, it came to pass. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. When those stripes came on his back, that was Jesus taking the curse that fell on the mankind. Back in the Garden of Eden, a curse came on the earth. And Jesus took the sickest part of that curse in those stripes on his back. And look what he said. He said that himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. If he took them, then why have we got them? Well, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't know that sickness disease is a curse as a trespass. My body and your body, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, is a temple of the Holy Ghost. This is a temple of the Holy Ghost. This body belongs to the Holy Ghost. doesn't belong to the devil in sickness and disease. And when sickness and disease try to enter my temple, I say, no, trespasser. Jesus told me about you in John chapter 10, verse 10, you're the thief. You come to steal, kill, destroy, get out of here. You're not coming in. My body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Get out of here. 
Amen. I want to say it again. I'm, te- I'm speaking to every, every born-again Christian sitting in this church tonight. And if you're not born again before we leave here tonight, we'll get you saved. We'll get Jesus into your life. I want to say this again. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 11, he said, they don't see what Jesus did in his body for them. Is why many of us weak and sickly. You're saying something, aren't you? Are you saying something tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, you need to act upon to get results. I want to close with 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. I'll say it again. I'm a pastor that gives an account for the souls of the people that God sends to me. I'm a pastor that wants to show you how to enjoy the benefits of John 10.10, having an enjoying life for you and your children, for your family. Of 3 John 2, want you to prosper and be in health. That's what I'm doing right now, showing you how to get this. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 this is such a simple verse that really it, it shows you your covenant, what belongs to you. Who his own self bear our sins, his own body on the tree. I'm not setting you up, just ask you a simple question. How many believe that Jesus Christ, when he is in his body, hung on the tree, which is the cross? How many believe that? That he took your sins. He took your sins in his body on the cross. If you don't believe that, you're not saved. That's the foundation of Christian faith, to believe that Jesus Christ hung on a cross and died for the sins of mankind. But then not just for the sins of mankind, for it to belong to you. You've got a person to believe, if nobody else got it, I did. He died for me and I received what he did. Amen? Have you got your shouting clothes on? Amen. It says that we being dead to sins. Hallelujah, I don't have to practice sin. I'm dead to sin and I'm a new creation in Christ. I got the Holy Spirit of me. I don't have to. Does that mean that I never do? I fall for stuff. I'm like you. I live in an earth suit. My inside is totally right with God, but my outside still contaminated with the world. So sometimes we do things we shouldn't do. But he said we're dead to it. What, you know what that means? It's real simple. If you're not born again yet, you're not dead to sin and you have a sin nature and it doesn't bother you, you do it. But when you're born again with the Holy Spirit in you, you don't want to. You don't practice it. And if you do do it, if you're really serious about God, you repent, you change, you apologize to people. You say you're sorry. You tell God you're sorry. But you're dead to it. You don't have to do it anymore. But Satan, like a magnet, the law of sin and death, sucks us into it sometimes. So we're dead to sin. And look at this. We're dead to sin. So we should live under righteousness. He says, because you're dead, you should live right. But look at this. See if you've heard this word yet tonight. By whose stripes ye were healed. By his stripes ye were healed. And so this is Peter looking back at something he saw firsthand. Peter was right there when his Lord was crucified. Peter saw that scourging. He saw that dead body. He saw those people taken down. He saw that side pierced. Peter saw it. Peter knew the word of God then. And he looked back at what happened. He said, wow, now I see what Jesus was talking about. We quoted Isaiah. I gave my back to the smiters. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. And now I see it. Peter said right here, by his stripes, I'm not trying to get healed. I was healed. That's, listen to this. In that same passage... 
He said he died for our sins. Every Christian in the Baptist church believes that part. But the Baptist church doesn't preach the next part. I'm not bashing Baptist. I'm not bashing anybody. But if you're going to teach the first part about the cross, why don't you teach the next part about the stripes? Amen. I was raised in a Baptist church with my grandma. I never heard this preached there. Too many full gospel churches don't preach this. But the fact of the matter is, it was a package deal. In God's eyes, when you were saved, you were healed. It says he took your sins on the cross. He took your sickness on his back. For this cause, many and weak are sickly among us. Many die prematurely. What's the cause? They don't discern the Lord's body. They don't see that just as surely as he hung up there with those pierced hands and those pierced feet, the back was pulverized before he got that far. That pulverized was for your healing. He doesn't want you sick. I want you to stand up. I want to do something with you. And if you've never done this before, I want you to do this tonight. This is not an altar call to bring you up here, but you need to be bold about your faith. Raise your hand high if you've received Jesus as your Savior. All right, good. Now, let me ask you another question then. And this is probably going to be foreign to you. Some of you have probably done this. Some of you haven't. And once again, I'm not going to call you up here, but we're going to have a joint exercise together. How many have received Jesus as their healer? Okay, now we're going to make a public declaration then. We're going to officially, we're going to officially talk to heaven and remind the Lord, remind ourselves, and talk to the devil that's listening about who we belong to and what belongs to us. Close your eyes and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus, your Son, died for my sins. And on the third day, you raised him from the dead. And according to the word of God, if I believe that in my heart and say that in my mouth, I'm saved. So I know I'm born again. I've got eternal life. And when I take my last breath, I'm not afraid to die because I know I'm going to heaven. And Jesus, I know... That you gave your back to the smiters for me. You took those 39 stripes on your physical body. You were wounded. You were bruised. Your flesh was torn up for my healing. Your word says that by your stripes I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. Jesus from this, this day forward, I receive you as my healer. You're my Savior, and you're my healer. I'll never again beg you or doubt or plead for healing for myself or a loved one. I'll simply thank you for what you did. You died for my sins. You took wounds for my healing. So from now on, I will thank you. When sickness tries to come, 
I'm going to say, oh, no, you don't, devil. Jesus is my healer. You will not trespass on this temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We give you glory. Amen. 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 I don't know what to say, man. I preached. I'm going home. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.